G'day party people. This is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm your host, Emma Henrahan, and along with my trailblazing guests, we'll be sharing all of our juicy stories, our biggest secrets, the what not to do's, the lessons we've learnt, or the mistakes, and too many times we've been baked. Stay tuned. You're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. We are back, baby. Welcome to season two, episode one of the Sheila's and Shenanigans podcast. Give me a drum roll. It has been the world's longest hiatus. The last time I recorded on here was at the end of 2020. So my goodness, just like the world, there's been a lot that has happened, a lot to update you on, but we will do that throughout the season. For now, I'll just give you a little bit of a rundown. This season, yours truly, myself, Emma Henrahan, I'll be holding space for a range of different topics with incredibly knowledgeable guests who inspire me, they educate me, and they ultimately guide me to being a better version of myself. So I plan on gifting that insight to you and hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I do. Gabby is off doing a variety of things, smashing her goals and always just constantly inspiring me. So I promise you that she will be making an appearance on an episode so we can get all of her life updates and the juicy goss. So do not worry, you will be hearing her voice again. And in saying that, I'll try and give you a little bit of a life update. I have experienced so many magical healings since 2020, a little cult life lesson in between. I lost my dog, my best friend, Monty. I have grieved. I've aimed to be physically stronger and return to soccer. As a result of that, it has been quite the journey. I have the best job with the most amazing boss who I'm constantly learning from and I'm completely in awe of. I've fallen back in love with the Gold Coast again and really, really loving that contentment. I also met so many wonderful homies that I can confidently say a soul family who align with me and I'm just stoked on that. And one of those beautiful humans is my loving boyfriend, my divine masculine, who has the voice of an angel and has taught me so much about health and myself. So a big shout out to Jonti. You'll most definitely be hearing more about him. And I've also returned to having a very intimate relationship with the wonderful healing plant that is cannabis. It's our topic of the week. So before we get into this, I just want to remind listeners, new and old, as to why I started this podcast. And I created this space in the hope of being the older sister that I never had and always wanted and upon reflection felt my 15-year-old self most definitely needed. It was just such a lost time for when I was that age and I feel like I just wanted these cold hard truths about reality and I hope to be able to give people that and share information and topics that I may have been too ashamed to ask about when I was that age and in saying that I feel like as a teenager I had absolutely no education around drugs and alcohol and in particular the powerful healing plant that is cannabis and I wanted to start off the season with this topic so I could be fully transparent about where I'm at I know that in season one I spoke a lot about my sobriety was most definitely something I needed, especially from cannabis, because it was my vice for so long. I've had so many different relationships with this beautiful plant medicine. And for so long prior to going to rehab, it was something that I used to survive. And then now it's been something that I've used to thrive and everything in between. And I'm constantly trying to have that healthy relationship with it, even though it is definitely something that is very comforting and can be at times a best friend. So for me, one 
one of those beautiful lessons has been meeting the beautiful, the wonderful, the lovely cannabis queen who I'm introducing you all to today. And it's been such a blessing. Just the moment we met, it was just an instant connection. And for me, she has just enabled me to remove the stigma around what it is to be able to have a relationship with cannabis without being a stoner. Like I, when I grew up, it was just like, you're a stoner if you smoke marijuana and that is it. There's no in between. So I feel like for me, that really created a lot of secrecy and I was unable to be fully transparent with anyone and therefore no one could really hold me accountable with my journey. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive in and you're going to learn a lot today, just like I've learned. And I hope that with the same thing that she's been able to give me is hopefully some support if you're considering using this as a healing tool but by no means is this episode a big green light for people to go and engage with cannabis for me definitely I feel that she's given me the opportunity to go from just whatever I could get my hands on in regards to like what I would call street weed then to moving into a beautiful safe place where I can have medicinal cannabis and that can be a journey that I go on with the help of professionals, including doctors and pharmacists who can hold me accountable. So I, without further ado, I want to introduce the wonderful soul homie, a bestie, a blessing, my very own cannabis support buddy and advocate, my sis, Lauren McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Hello, sis. <laughs> Welcome to Sheila's and Shenanigans. Thanks for having me. Aww. I'm excited to be sitting here with you. Anytime, sis. This has been one of the best relationships I've ever had with somebody in order to be able to have such transparency about where I'm at Mm. in this journey because for me it's been so taboo and it's been one of those things where because of my relationship and getting into rehab with cannabis as my secondary symptom, so many people around me have projected their fear onto me, which I believe has been totally okay I'm like they just care about me but our relationship has first started off like with talking about cannabis and I've just been able to have such solace with the medicine because of your relationship with it and yeah I just think I'm so grateful for you in my life I'm so grateful (laughs) (laughs) and I'm so grateful for cannabis and the way in which it's brought me to amazing incredible knowledgeable people who are just so open Um, And I think it's so hard when cannabis, for you and I, I know it's been such a prominent thing in our lives, but so taboo. And so there's such a weird contradiction thing of guilt around it when it's something that's so heavily involved in your daily or weekly routine, but you're not allowed to talk about it. And so it brings up all of this shame and guilt and, you know, um, that's really hard. And I think that's contributed about you it's definitely contributed for me to my relationship with cannabis and my ability to talk about it and so I think that's what has launched me into this is just realizing that it was okay to talk about and I want to be the person that talks about it and like you said you know 13 14 15 year old girls not necessarily with cannabis but you know people who don't have a lot of knowledge or guidance and don't even know where to start or how to approach the topic of cannabis um, I just want to be that person that that just brings it to the table and it's like here's what it is here's how I use it take what you want leave what you don't and that's that it's just like anything it's like alcohol it's like food it's like working out it's to me just a vital aspect of living 
Yeah, you've definitely given that to me, that's for sure. And you being so open about it, but also you're so supportive. Like for me, you're the one who helped me go from street cannabis Mm. to pharmaceutical. And that just made the biggest difference in my life. So to start it off, I'd love to know, and I'm sure all the listeners would, I even want to know more about it because we just obviously, we so speak about the present time, but how did you find your way into using cannabis as a medicine? Yep. But also, yeah, what is your journey with how you got there? So I um, I feel like a lot of the culture, and it's similar to drinking in Australia, um, is you start pretty young, right? Like you're in high school and you have little bongs at the party, like the Gatorade bongs, and you just don't – there's not a lot of knowledge around it and you just handed this thing and you try it and that's it. I'm really lucky in the way that um, I didn't try cannabis until I was, I think, 18 and I was out of school and – it was kind of like I was coming into my own as an adult and as an older person or at least older than being a teenager, what I had known my whole life, being in school. And I I was in the States. Um, I'm originally from there, so I was visiting my family and my sister, uh, my older sister is really into cannabis, um, a big user of it, big advocate for it, and she introduced me to it and... Yeah, I, I think we were just out to like a family lunch one day and she had a vape <laughs> Love pen. Love that. <laughs> Love. So my first time trying weed was with a vape pen. Wow. Yeah, and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really know what to expect. And um, I just felt a little funny, like it wasn't anything crazy, you know. I just felt a little bit high. Like we, I think we stopped on the way home from the family lunch and like, bought a bunch of cookies from the store and I ate like six or seven cookies. (laughs) You just had the munchies high. Yeah, that that was it. Just like mellow munchies. That was fine. Beautiful introduction. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was a really sweet introduction. Um, I was safe. I was held. You know, I was with my older sister and I'll always be thankful for her um, providing that experience to me rather than, you know, being at a party or like being Mm. with... I don't know. It's probably my the peers and being scared and paranoid and yeah, it was it was very safe. My mum was even there and like she hated it. She was very upset, but um, <laughs> I wasn't like I never I never began my my journey with weed like in secrecy. You know, like I was yeah. literally with mm. the people that most people are scared of to to even talk about cannabis. I was with my family, That's and so amazing, that was yeah. yeah strange. But it was it was amazing. Um, at least then there's like full transparency. I've tried weed. It was in front of you. This is my first time. Yeah, and it could not go. have been a safer space for you to just drop in. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I, I ended up moving to the States. And so I, I spent a lot of time there. And so I would just kind of hang out with friends in college or again with my older sister. And, you know, there's it's a lot more loose and legal there. And so I was very um, open and safe to, to try different um, delivery methods like edibles, oils, smoking, um, but I didn't really get into regular consumption until a couple of years later when I moved back to Australia and um, started a pretty unhealthy relationship with it. I think like a lot of people do mm-hmm. when it's something that's so taboo and you're not allowed to talk about it. It's like, oh, well, if I'll just do this in secrecy, you know, with no one watching and I'll mm-hmm. just have as much as I can to, you know, just get it into me and then I'll get on with my day or however you feel about it. But um, would you find that especially I found, obviously mine 
a lot of the times where I was doing it similarly to you when I was in America, mm-hmm. completely normal. You yeah. didn't go to a house in America that didn't have weed. Yeah. Like there was bongs that permanently lived on our table. Yeah. Like it was the, such the norm. And then when I was in Australia using, there was this secrecy. It was shameful. It. Completely shameful. Yeah. yeah. So I completely understand that difference. And yeah, it's a big flip. And then I think that when you add the shame on top of it and the secrecy, like I found that I was using more. Same. Because I, was I felt, yeah, 100%. And I was reliant on it for a long time. And I think that goes back to anything really, whether it be, like I said, drinking, binge eating, you know, all those things where if you add that layer of secrecy and shame, it's always going to be something that you just you just have to have. And as soon as you're not allowed to have it, you want it, right? You so want like, even more. Mm. Yeah, being in the States where you're just it's just open and it's whatever and you go to a party and people are more likely to offer weed than they are a drink. Um, that was amazing to me. And so that kind of formed my first ideas and thoughts around cannabis. And I just want to say I use the word cannabis over marijuana or weed or anything like that because um, even the word marijuana has such stigmatization to it, you know, like tied to people in the States being imprisoned for it, Um, stoners, like stoner culture, people who are lazy and can't do shit because they just like can't get off their ass because they're high all day Um, and it's just simply not like that and cannabis I feel is a little more clinical and um, modern and recent. And I think, yeah, people are less likely to shy away from that word. So I stick with the word cannabis. And that's a great point. And I feel like prior to this podcast, I was like, okay, don't use the word weed. I've already used it how many times? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, because I saw that. It's like, it's a disrespectful to what cannabis is. Yeah. And yeah, it has, has created this huge stigma around it, especially when growing up. Well, you can a, use whatever word because this yeah. is a safe space for talking about mm. weed dope grass whatever you want to call it (laughs) but when I'm doing like my advocacy work online or I'm you know talking to people say like my my mum's friends in real life who are so terrified of it I'll stick to the word cannabis so what have you in the history of using that word and the comparison like how does the stigma to you like how has it changed that for you does a better relationship or like because I know that the stigma of being a stoner when I was growing up was just like I I too judged marijuana as that. I was like, oh, it's just, it's, you know, it's only for the stoners and like people aren't active, et cetera, et cetera. But then yeah. when you do use the word cannabis, like how does that change your mindset? For me personally, I'll use any word interchangeably yeah. because I know what it means to me and the meaning it holds for me. Um, but I think for others it's, it's just a little more new, a little more clean and there's not as many yucky things tied to it because I think for people, like going back to my mum who grew up in the 70s, 80s in New York where, you know, um, like the administration at that time, like she would watch TV in the afternoons and it would just be ads like you have marijuana once and you die or you go to jail and, you know, like it's so scary and she had that fear drilled into her from so much like propaganda dare I say from such a young age and so it's just a big scary word and so if you just change the meaning of it slightly by just changing the word and it's still you're still talking about the same thing people just feel a little more open to it it's you know rather than using like I don't know what's a scary word that people use for alcohol 
Yeah, wor- words are powerful. Yeah. So it just makes so much sense that if you were, if that was drilled into you on the news and on the TV and they were using the word marijuana, when you hear that, it's like a trigger. It yeah. like brings up all the bad things you can think about that. Whereas yeah. cannabis, it's that new fresh word yeah. that people are using medicinally, etc. So yeah, it just makes so much sense as to how powerful those words are if you were brought up in those ages. Yeah. And that was that propaganda. So for yeah, sure. thank you for that. I didn't know that. My mum still calls it weed and is terrified of it, which is fine, you know, because that's her conditioning and her programming and um, that's how she and a lot of people in that kind of age group were raised and now we have new people coming out like us trailblazers, you know, calling it cannabis and um, cultivating cultivating such a beautiful online community. Um, So going back to my weed kind of journey, I... So I, I had a few experiences in the States that really like warmed me up to it and I, I really saw how beautiful it was and I was traveling a lot at the time. So I would, you know, have a new experience and then I would kind of add cannabis into it and it just opened up my whole world. I had no idea that I could have these kinds of thoughts and um, experiences and new thought patterns and, you know, it made me think about things in different ways. And I was having, I found myself having these conversations with people I had never met that were just like so deep and expansive and colourful. And I have cannabis to thank for a lot of that. So then I came back, I moved back to Australia and um, I really didn't want to move back here, but I came back here to study at university. And so I found myself really sad and really relying on weed. I think at first it was like, well, this was the norm in the States and so I'm going to keep it my normality here in order to make me feel a little more like I'm in the States, I'm comfortable, you know, that's Mm. where I really want to be. And then I just started relying on it and it became too comfortable and too much of my daily routine. But um, I don't even know how to approach this because it's so big. But essentially... um, I have a podcast as well, which episodes have since been deleted. Yes. <laughs> um, but I've been on a really long, treacherous mental health journey and cannabis played a really big part in that. And, um, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so your journey <laughs> with cannabis, so you, I guess, similarly, you, I, you were starting off with, like, using it and made you feel a little bit more comfortable with um, – Coming back from America, yeah. can relate a hundred percent. But then it, the mental health journey—how did that play into your mental health journey? And what were the yeah. health benefits? And where were the reliance on maybe? For me, I know that I was using it pre-rehab to numb, whereas yeah. I could also use it to feel deeply. So yeah. it's like and expand yeah, two sides of the same coin. So yeah. where for you, was how, did it contribute and jeopardize? I suppose your mental health journey. I think, like with anything. The way in which you use it heavily, heavily relies on your mental state and where you're at in your life. And that just comes back to being in touch with yourself. And because I was, and I'm sure you felt the same, because I was using it to numb and distract myself and take away those thoughts, it, that's exactly what it was for me. It was just a, a numbing just to get me through the day. Um, and as I kind of fell deeper and deeper into my depression and that whole journey, um, it became more and more a device of just escapism. Mm. And then through a lot of trauma and trial and tribulation and all of that fun stuff, I found myself 
just thinking about it in a different way, you know, because I was thinking in different ways and there's a lot that leads to this, you know, a lot more to it. But I eventually saw it. um, It kind of went hand in hand with psychedelics for me. Mm -hmm. Like when I had psychedelics for the first time and it, it reminded me of like the first time I was really high and the thoughts that I was having were like transformative and so interesting and unique and and so I I kind of tried to rewire my brain like okay well you know if this is what psychedelics is able to make me feel like I didn't think I had it within me to feel happiness or just like unbridled joy like I just I really didn't think that was in my body anymore and then I tried psychedelics and I was like oh the sun was shining behind me the whole time I just had to turn around I just had my back to it and psychedelics just kind of picked me up Turned me around, you know, 180 degrees. And I was like, oh, it's right there. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's been with me the whole time. Yeah, I just didn't, I just wasn't looking. Yeah, That's fine. La, la, la. I I realised that you can have similar thoughts when you're high. And if you combine it with the right things, like meditating and sunshine and mindfulness and walking, you can, you know, kind of invoke those experiences in your brain. And then combining it with people like you, who was so well-versed in cannabis and, and so in touch with what it does for them in a positive way, um, it just kind of changed my mind. And then I started looking into it and researching it and finding out all of these benefits to it and the medicinal benefits, and I was just amazed. Um, and so I really got into, like, the online cannabis community and made almost a family of it, you know, people who were just so open about it and how I feel I am about it now just so inclusive and open and radically accepting of it I I was just like oh it's okay it doesn't matter where I am in the world because I had such a longing to be back in the states where I could talk about it freely and um, consume it freely and just be in that space where that that wasn't it's not here in Australia not yet it's coming but it's it wasn't there yet and so I I found that online and I thought, well, why don't, why don't I be the person to bring that here? Why don't I just make the space for it that I want for it in my life? And if people fall away from my life because of it or, you know, disagree with me, then that's okay because this is what I really want. It's allowed me to have such beautiful experiences and thoughts and really pulled me out of some really dark, deep, heavy places. Why wouldn't I want this in my life every day? And... Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. And the other thing I wanted to add was um, with my mental health journey, and we can get into this if you like, I talk about it very openly. I was on a lot of medications. I was on 11 different medications at one point in time, taking upwards of 20 pills a day. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I was 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. Like it was through those few years. And at that point in my life, because I was so deep in my suffering – I was relying on cannabis in a really negative way, but the one medication or medicine that really worked through all of those medicines that I tried was cannabis. Mm. And at the end of 2020, I I was really in it. I was not doing well. Um, I had just stayed. I just had my third um, inpatient stay in a psychiatric ward and... I, I just gave up. I remember one day just being like, it's not worth it anymore. Nothing's working. I don't care. I've put my body through such trauma. 
I wasn't smoking weed at that point or I, I was but not very often because I was hospitalised. I didn't have access to it. And um, I was getting it medicinally. I was getting CBD oil from my doctor at the time, but it wasn't allowed in the hospital because there was still such a disconnect between seeing it and recognising it as medicine. Um, and so, anyways, one day I, ju- I stopped all my medications, which, let me just say, you should never, ever do. Ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so unsafe. Mm. Um, and these were heavy medications. Yeah. But I was at a point in my life where I, I didn't care what the impact was on me, you know, and I didn't care if I survived through it or not. It didn't make a difference to me. Mm. And so I stopped them all one day and I went through about six weeks of just what's the word when complete withdrawals not withdrawals um like a total oh what is it called when everything just comes like I was so sick I was physically I guess it was withdrawal it was like a purging purging that's the word yeah I just purged for six weeks I was vomiting every day I was so sick I couldn't walk some days everything you can imagine like I went through it all just physically so much medication and um synthetic hormones and chemicals leaving my body and the one thing that kept me consistent throughout all of that was cannabis and then I kept using cannabis and at this point I was medicinally being prescribed by my GP um, which I'm very grateful for so you know I was doing it all legally and getting the right products for what I needed at the time and it's the one thing I've stayed on. I, I don't even take so much as Panadol these days. Can relate. Not a, yeah, yeah, not a thing. Mm. And cannabis is the one medicine that I will always just like, that is the hill I will die on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can relate, definitely. And I think that for me, it was definitely the pharmaceutical industry that, well, it was, they would just put me on Ritalin. The age of 22 years old, I had yeah. major PTSD. I was like my whole body was in hypervigilance permanently and to put that drug on top of it I was in a state of constant anxiety so damaging and then weed like marijuana cannabis whatever we're going to call it it for me was the one thing that stabilized me and I relied on it to stabilize myself throughout taking what the pharmaceutical industry gave me throughout what the doctors gave me to cure this ADHD and I say that with quotation marks like it was the one drug that I needed to be able to be stable. And so I had to use that every time I had Ritalin. And so with the pharmaceuticals, it was the only one that I was like, this is benefiting me and mm-hmm. the other ones were my detriment. And so. isn't that scary to for me like to have that realisation of, oh, cannabis is really helping me was like, oh, I can't tell anyone about this. Mm, the illegal one. Yeah. The one they're not handing to me over the counter just yeah. yet until you did eventually could get it medicinally. And even yeah. then, I feel like you were someone who introduced me to medicinal and it was you sound like you were one of the people who first had access to it. Yeah, I, I got it I, really early on. Yeah. But I, I had um, – it was – funnily enough, it was one of my mum's friends who um, has had trouble sleeping her whole life. And her doctor put on to CBD oil immediately. Not yeah. immediately because CBD oil, you know, takes about six weeks to <laughs> settle into your system. But she was sleeping like a rock. She'd never slept her whole life. She was in her 50s. And she got introduced to CBD oil and she could not shut up about it. And she, because, you know, she was aware of everything I was going through at the time. And she just ever so lightly 
suggested I go speak to her doctor about it and I did and oh yeah well insomnia is one of the ones that I suffered from and that was it has to be the most crippling depriving like it definitely led me straight into depression I just didn't want to live anymore I was like if I cannot get a week of sleep 100% 100% it's torture it's constant torture and so to be able to have something that with CB, like CBD where you just take your couple of drops a day like it's so powerful it's mm. life-changing and a lot of people still are I feel it's still so taboo against maybe older generations like I know well, that people think that CBD makes you high they, they have <laughs> yeah. no idea there's yeah. no knowledge there's no education there's no implementation of even there's such a disconnect still. I'm Don't get me wrong, I'm completely filled with joy and elation that it is prevalent in Australia now and you can just go to most GPs and, and ask for it. But there's still such a disconnect between like GPs don't have another, a lot of knowledge about it, you know. So yeah. someone who feels like they might want to try medicinal cannabis to help aid whatever it is they're going through, they wouldn't even know how or where or why to approach it they wouldn't even know the difference between cbd and thc well now that we're on that and especially to the people yeah let's get into the nitty-gritty yeah (laughs) let's go the nitty-gritty stuff um so what is the difference between explain cbd and thc okay so cannabis is an entire plant it's a whole plant and within that plant there are many different types of chemicals and terpenes and like chemical profiles different molecular structures um and so cbd and thc are one of many different types of cannabinoids which is those different molecular structures that exist within the plant and what modern science has allowed us to do is extract very certain cannabinoids from the plant that we know okay hold on let me backtrack a bit so our bodies have a natural system within them called the endocannabinoid system So we are born with natural receptors for the cannabis plants or cannabinoids within the cannabis plant to receive them into our body. And that's like a proven fact. Um, And so there are different receptors in our body that receive cannabinoids in different ways. So if you extract cannabidiol, which is CBD, it's going to have a relaxing effect on your brain. It's anti-inflammatory helps with disease it's proven to be highly highly effective with things like cancer you know autoimmune diseases um and it's not it's not um what's the word it's not psychoactive in any way Mm. it's it's even more subtle than having a panadol like you couldn't have a headache and then have a couple drops of cbd oil and feel better that's not how it works that's how subtle how subtly it works so The reason I say that CBD takes like six to eight weeks for it to settle in is because the natural receptors in your body that you're born with are taking in the CBD and just slowly, slowly spreading it around the body. And so it's a buildup. So you've got to take it, you know, six to eight weeks before you start to feel a difference. But that difference is life changing for people who suffer from insomnia like we did. It's just that one thing that kind of that little like ding. Yeah, well, at the moment, since going off, like I'm day 15, trying to just get the THC out of my system at the moment, just trying to come back to quite a norm and have a healthier relationship with cannabis. And for me, I'm still taking CBD on a daily basis. So that is definitely for the reasons of 
I suppose, the sort of crippling to a sense of like the pain that I used to have and I'm unaware of if that's still in my system or not, but maybe a fear out of feeling that again suddenly since going off the THC. It is just keeping me so balanced out. My sleep is still good. Like everything's amazing. Yeah, because I've still been able to like release and I'm still trying to work out my relationship with THC. But yeah. I can have the CBD to help me through that. Yeah, you I'm can just still have the medicinal benefits. A hundred percent. How amazing that modern science can give us that, and that's why I'm such an advocate for medicinal getting it legally and medicinally now in Australia. A because it's so accessible and so easy, mm. and B because you can taper your you can change your experience to exactly what you need. It's yeah. it's science. So okay, let's talk about the psychoactive component, which is THC. We've got the benefits. So, so many benefits. Like I said, it's um, it can really expand your mind, and um, look, it doesn't make you trip in the way that a psychedelic would, um, but it definitely being high opens up your brain to all different kinds of new thought patterns, thought waves. I mean, you can take it right down to the nitty gritty of like delta gamma theta waves and how it changes your brain on that component all the way to the under other end of the scale of like just being high and going for a walk in nature and feeling so fucking connected to the leaves the Mm. wind on your face the sun on your skin and for me at least being high brings my like super hyper awareness into that stuff and just allows me to connect with myself and connect with nature and whatever it is I choose to connect with, it makes me so like hyper focused that, and you, I know that you've had this yeah, experience this is, too, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, smoking a joint and like writing, like for me, when I was in university, I would smoke a joint right before I did an assignment, smash out the assignment in like two hours, get straight A's every time because my focus and my ability to just connect on all levels to the one thing that I'm doing is just like, unmatched and you know some people could say that that's a problem that you need it to help you focus but Mm. other people take Ritalin other people uh, try to do six things at once and do it all at you know 60% rather than doing one thing at 100% and for me cannabis is just a, a gateway that opens to allow all of my focus to pour into one place one thing one intention mm-hmm. um connects you to the most mundane tasks for sure and yeah. in that connection and then obviously the things that i guess you're just walking through nature and we take it for granted on a daily basis we're in our head or we're looking ahead like and then you're thinking me, of what I you're going to do in your day yeah i can look at the ant and just be like hello ant i'm going to come yep. down to the ground you think now. about its little legs yes and its little body and you wonder where it's going and isn't that beautiful and childlike and innocent and we need as much of that in our lives as we can get yeah so if you have this natural thing that you don't even have to smoke anymore you can have oil you can have gummies they've just come out with patches you can put on your skin Mm, yes that one yeah and you know there are so many different ways to consume it that allow you to get back to that place of just simplicity and like just slowing things right, right down. Yeah, that's and for that's me. So slowing special. down my my head can just be a million miles an hour. Yeah, and just to slow down and to be able to concentrate and connect with that one thing and that, yes. that focus. So that, as you said, like I couldn't relate more. So that's yes. yeah, where I get the benefits for sure. That can be also a bit of a fine line <laughs> for people like us who have been have lived through a lot of trauma. And at times trying to work through that trauma, it was too much, Mm. you know, and you do just want to fucking slow down your brain and stop all of the thoughts. 
And that's where it can be a really fine line to relying on weed to help you do that. And so that's where things like meditation and mindfulness and, you know, all of the good stuff comes in so that you are able to work through those thoughts and not rely on weed for it, not rely Mm. on any one thing, rather a self-practice that you continually build up and have every day to come home to and, and, you know, help you. But it's nice to have weed to be able to do that, Mm. but it's important to be able to know and distinguish the difference between needing it to do that and just indulging every now and then. A hundred percent. And that was like recently I found that I wasn't doing my practices and we spoke about this. Like with yoga, I was either using it to do yoga or using it to meditate or using it to do the things that I should be doing anyway Mm -hmm. and that will help me in those same regards. And since coming off and just it only being two weeks, I've upped my yoga, I've upped my meditation and I can still come back to that, the the benefits of what – like cannabis was giving me yes but I wasn't doing so when I was just going oh this is just a really fast track gateway drug yeah just why don't get I just use there. this to get me into the space yeah 20 minutes of meditation I'll... one joint you know Perfect. and that was where I was like okay I'm abusing this yeah. like I'm taking full advantage of this in order to avoid what other things that I need to be doing anyway yeah and it was ruining my practices but also my relationship with cannabis and I was losing that respect for what it was giving me but I also wasn't giving it myself enough time to integrate all the beautiful amazing things that were coming to me mm. and I was just staying so in that comfortable feminine and I wasn't leaning on my masculine to actually get that shit done yeah the like powerful stuff that was Worked coming through, through to me because I wasn't having a break in between so yeah. yeah it's one of those things where working out how much and when to do it and also putting your intention into it each time yeah is making so it a ceremony important a hundred percent so how do how do you make it a ceremony because I think that's such an important yeah. thing that and I think you respect it so much and I've gained so much knowledge from seeing you with that relationship I think um, for a long time it wasn't ceremony. It was like, oh, I've got to do this and this today. I'll just I'll just smoke first and just get that out of the way and then I'll be able to do my silly little tasks, you know. Yeah. Whereas now – so full disclosure, I – for about a year and a half, two years, I was smoking every day up until quite recently or at least, you know, five days a week. And that was fine for the most part. It wasn't – having too much of an impact of my on my life because I was getting it medicinally so I could change the strains I was getting and you know my like I I knew what effect certain strains would have on me but I I was I was able to figure out what kind of product I needed in order to be able to use it daily and for me also I'd just like to say I have endometriosis polycystic ovaries interstitial cystitis like the whole shebang. And so these are all like chronic inflammatory um, conditions. And so cannabis has so many anti-inflammatory and pain easing properties that for the most part, that is what I'm prescribed it for from my doctor. Like if you look in my medical files, that's why I'm prescribed weed. Um, And also, you know, not that I really identify with having it anymore, but PTSD and nightmares and just general, you know, like panic throughout my days was like weed really helped to ease that. Um, yeah, so I was just – I was using it every day and it didn't really – it wasn't really a negative thing, but I just found that recently um, 
or this year I've done my yoga teacher training and I've done a few really like deep immersions into meditation and yoga and um, I'm finding that I meditate for around like half an hour to an hour every day and I'm finding that lately I'm reaching the same place as you were saying before mm. through meditation that I was through smoking mm. And so if I put that extra half hour, hour into my day to meditate, I can get to that same place that we got me to in five, ten minutes. And so I'm really indulging in taking that time and enjoying it. But it just means that I haven't really needed weed. So at the moment, after being the girl who's like Stoner Lauren, that was kind of my personality. <laughs> I post about it online, which was cool. I love it. I'm smoking like once a fortnight at the moment, which is – I. Like, That's incredible. just didn't know I'd be able to do it. Yeah. I, I hesitate in saying that it's a good or a bad thing because mm. I don't want that to define what other people think, how often they should be consuming because it's different for everyone mm-hmm. and everything in moderation. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely say that that's incredible in regards to it wasn't that long ago where you and I had this conversation and I yeah. came into your work and Let's I was like... Let's bring that up, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm really struggling, Lauren. I'm like, I just don't know how to come back to a healthy relationship with this yeah. and I'm using it, as I said before, to do yoga, to do this. And, yeah, you couldn't have related anymore and we we're both on that same page and yeah. that was when you were about to dive into, I think, you'd committed to a week off... Yeah. Yeah. And so to hear you so quickly come back to this relationship where we were struggling a couple of months ago Mm. and to now be doing it fortnightly, like that's seriously powerful. Mm. And that comes into another question that I've been asked for my little cousin who's just like, is that possible? And he keeps being like, is it possible to do it once a week or once a fortnight after smoking daily? Yeah. So, yeah, please go. <laughs> answer his question. He's been dying to know. It's Look, it's different for everyone and I can only speak to my experience mm. um, and what's happened for me and I just want to say that that does not at all define your experience or your cousin's experience or any of the listeners' experiences. But for me, it's um, – I, I had – a pretty tight grip on cannabis because it was kind of my personality. Like I'd rock up to parties with joints for everyone. Like I'd have people over to smoke. Like that was just my thing was yeah. like being became a bit the of an identity. girl. Yeah, <laughs> which I love and yeah. I'm still very much that person. But I had quite a tight grip, like mm. quite an attachment to being that person and that kind of being my identity. Um, and so I had a lot of fear around letting go of that and – kind of admitting to myself and to other people like I don't really want to be smoking all the time because because I'm such a strong advocate for it and that's all that I like do online is like cannabis advocacy I didn't want to tell people like my relationship to it is changing um but it is and that's just the reality of it but it's actually really beautiful because I'm finding you know other things that that take its place Mm. but in saying that like if I can't sleep or if I need to, like, if I just want to have a fucking huge meal, which sometimes I struggle to do, I'll smoke a joint and I'll just allow myself to eat that whole meal and then I'll sleep like a baby. And that's what cannabis does for me now, whereas a few months ago I, I felt like it was just a part of my day. De- it wasn't as sacred. It was just, like, as vital to me as brushing my teeth and washing my face in the morning, you know? It was just yeah. like, we're well, here in my morning steps and cannabis is a part of that. Mm. And that's cool. 
Yeah, we, it was normalised into that daily routine. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's taken some time and I didn't even intentionally do it, to be honest. I actually, um, I've been spending a lot of time with this one particular person who um, they don't, they're completely sober, like they don't do anything and they have a lot of experience with, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that stuff and now they don't do anything and I think it kind of just started rubbing off on me a little bit and I just started thinking about it in a bit of a different way and we were having a lot of conversations around the ways in which psychedelics and cannabis has served us and um, we started meditating together a lot and I just kind of eased back a little bit and I think that person just kind of allowed um, the space for me like to feel safe in doing that because I didn't really know how to do it on my own but that's because I didn't know how to talk to anyone and say hey I think my relationship to cannabis is changing a bit um, so that's really interesting that it came up for me only a couple of months ago you know yeah the timing yeah yeah it was, it was a beautiful influence but also this person held an amazing space for you to dive into what you were needing next yeah yeah that's like for me like I also full disclaimer did I started smoking again after two years what was it two years one month six days exactly sober because I remember I was just like this was a big thing for me to have go back to cannabis like it was huge because I was known as an addict like that was the drug that I couldn't stop doing that Mm -hmm. led me into being in rehab obviously there was so much underneath that that Mm -hmm. I was sorting through and I've done a lot of work on so coming back to it I was like had my first I think it was July 31st last year and then smoked and almost smoked daily since yeah. then and every month it was like okay sweet at the end of this month then I'll do a I'll month stop. Yeah, I'll stop <laughs> I'll stop I'll stop and you oh, just I like, shouldn't be doing this yeah and it's, then it's building up that shame and I was yeah. like when I came up to July this year I was like okay sis come on you said it for a, almost a year now when it comes yeah. to August the 1st you have to do a month off because you need to know that a I have that willpower yes. but just to get it out of my system and start again but you need to be able to sit with yourself sober 100 percent, and and know that you're okay to be sober mm -hmm. and you're okay without weed yeah um and without any subs you know this applies to anything and everything yeah um and i couldn't i need to know i wasn't not no but you know i needed to for myself i think i needed to know that i wasn't or i'm hopefully not or an addict and i think that there's a lot of shame around that word and maybe it is maybe it isn't maybe there's a dependency maybe there's just an attachment and maybe those both of those things mean addict you know like it's just like whatever it may be or not I I needed it for myself and my self-confidence as well so when it came up to July I was like this has to begin on August the 1st right now so I yeah can relate so much to that it's congratulations yeah thanks I really commend you for that we're midway through today yeah oh it was it's been like my willpower with it has been yeah. like relying on, okay, cool. You did two years without this. You yeah. don't need this, but do I want it? Oh, a hundred percent. I think yeah. it's one of the most comforting drugs in the world. And when it comes back to even me thinking about the first time I smoked weed, it was like, I was literally watching a heartbreak take place. And if for me, it helps so much with loneliness and heartbreak and those emotions around grief mm. and yeah, it just like it's so comforting for me to dive into the emotions and the story and the narrative behind it with that support. It's like a support buddy. 
It like, is. It's like a little frame. Yeah. A little comfort blanket, <laughs> you know, just a little something holding your hand and giving you a nod and a wink and telling you, you'll be okay. Yeah. Let's just go look at some flowers for a second. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay, la, 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 let's walk all, down the road. <laughs> all the problems aren't that big anymore. It's exactly. like, it's you, I can cope, I can yeah. deal. Like, you've got this, sis. And yeah. like, yeah, it was like you became a best friend. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Me too. Yeah. And and I don't know about you, but did um, for me the one big thing when I look upon like reflection of when I was smoking a lot before rehab, I just became so in touch with spirit. Yeah, I was meditating daily. I, I wasn't doing all these things prior to weed to cannabis. I wasn't doing that. I so it gave me. It was like the gateway drug for me to be able to do all these spiritual practices. Absolutely, me and, too. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, and I will forever be grateful for that because mm-hmm. the spiritual practices I'm now doing sober and attempting to do without the cannabis. I never would have done in the first place, I don't feel, 100%. or without it in the first place. So yeah. I wouldn't yeah. feel the way I do about yoga, which is such an integral part of my life and my being and my spirituality. I, I wouldn't even have yoga if it weren't for cannabis. It Can truly you? introduced me to it yeah. in a way that wasn't just moving my body, you know. It was moving through my emotions and understanding my brain and listening to the thoughts that rose up within me as I got into certain positions and you know cannabis really launched me into that and I mean yeah I just and and now you know when I am sober it allows me to reflect on it and get back to a place of oh if I if I like you know had cannabis how, how would I be feeling about this and then so I don't even necessarily feel like I need it now I can just think of how has it made me feel in the past and connect back to that feeling mm. and that's beautiful yeah it gives you the, the nostalgia of it all that's for sure speaking of nostalgia tell me about the first time you got high oh yes who <laughs> <laughs> is it nostalgia or is it like this yeah it's a very interesting like like you I was after school for me, it just brings up like I can you can see my body right now. Yeah. Like, whoa. Like it just overtakes me. And that is amazing to actually have to sit in this because I know there's work to be done there in what I'm avoiding. But basically it was the last morning of schoolies. So we were to check out in about four hours. Yeah. We was got, got been up all night and I was sitting across from our hotel and someone pulled out a joint and I'd it's the first time I've ever had anything, so they're all passing it around. And we're facing directly towards the hotel that I was staying at. So this week and the two weeks prior had been just chaos in my life. I'd broken <laughs> up with my first ever, like, real boyfriend and we were just absolutely best friends. Like, he mm. was everything to me and we were that twin flame chaotic mess, like the love-hate relationship that everyone wanted to end because they couldn't handle it anymore. And so we'd had a very chaotic schoolies and I looked across and I'd been past a joint, I had a puff and I was high. So I could, I was just feeling giddy and bliss and everything was just amazing, even though that week had been very traumatising for me. And I looked directly across the road and through the first level of the hotel, I see him just pull the blinds back and look directly at me. And he was no in, way. in another girl's room. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so my whole body is just like, I'm, you know, I'm high. I'm giddy. Wow. I'm just like, I'm laughing and I'm, I'm in the moment with my friends and I'm looking and it's kind of like I'm in this movie where I'm looking at my heartbreak. 
like, like the worst thing that could have happened uh, to you and you're like <laughs> yeah yes and I could feel it in my body I can feel the whole like oh, is this fucking happening right now like you could like why am I how am I even seeing this and he's looking wow. directly at me like a big fuck you I'm yeah. in this girl's room yeah and you know I'm getting with her and we broke up two weeks ago and I know you're in love with me and it was like just a stab to the heart like it was just a stab but I couldn't feel it I was high I was like this is the best thing ever You're like I feel wiggly yeah and this I'm like okay. look at me I'm laughing at this situation yes, like I'm on top of the world like I'm fucking nothing can bring me down until I sober up in three hours yeah <laughs> back so that for me I always reflect upon to be like that was the first time I'd ever seen him with anyone else and that was my first big like First person I'd slept with. Yeah. First person I was, you know, making like I love you with, like everything. Just yeah, life just holds so much. The whole thing. And think about your first relationship and yeah. that that oh. pain. And it was happening in front of my eyes while I was getting high for the first time. Wow. And How I th- poetic. Fuck. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It, it, but it is. I think that you're so right in the fact that it's it's this messed up thing where I'm like, oh. Am I? It's so comforting around heartbreak. And for me, I started smoking again. We relate so much on this. When Lauren and I met, it was just like all these Instant, stars aligned. Just like, whoosh, boom. We just, yeah. Oh it was my crazy. God. <laughs> and then, so, and one of the things I said to you, I was like, oh, I, when my, so my dog died last year, uh, June, and I'd gone about a little bit of over a month or without him, mm-hmm. and it, absolutely broke my heart yeah. I did everything Ripped you should probably really do yeah I was the grief the grief was a trigger for all the grief in my life that I had mm-hmm. never dealt with aka probably this situation and so I was just thrusted into like just crippled and you've related to this recently and couldn't deal with any of it in regards to like the way I'd also let him go. Like I was holding my dog and looking at him in his eyes as he had his last breath when we put yeah. him down and just oh. wailing everything you shouldn't do apparently because they're meant to pass over very peacefully. And I'm just like, do not leave me. Of and I was heartbroken, so much grief. Oh. So everything in my body was just coming up and my friends held this beautiful space for me when I first got high, but it was straight away just like, I was relying on this substance to help me do the work. So it was this compliment around the grief, again, to help me do the work around it. But could I have done it easier sober? Maybe I would have avoided it sober. Maybe I would have just crumbled. I don't know the answers to that. But it really, like for the good three to four months there, I was just like smoking weed, doing the work and just like in those yin poses, crying, screaming, writing, like every single bit of grief in my life had come up because he was my homie since I was 14 years old. Yeah. He was my constant, always there, always with me through rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And when I was smoking pre-rehab, like I would get high and I would be up all night, have insomnia, so I couldn't sleep. And we'd go outside and we'd watch, sit under the stars and I would be, I'd sometimes wake up outside <laughs> with my dog next to me. But I always had you him. You stoner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stoner. Out, the stoner's outside again, mom. <laughs> Waking up next She's to the dog. Passed out next to the house. <laughs> but the stars were great last night. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I think for me, like, it was – I think I, looking back, I'm like how much of the – is it comforting to heartbreak and yeah. any grief around those emotions? And, yeah, I think that that was the first time I got high. And I remember it so clearly because the emotions wow. rush over me so much. So I'm always interested in when how people first got high. So yeah. you said 
that that was your first time when you were with your sister. Yeah, it was, so that, that was, was like my first, first time smoking, mm. but it was not my first time being high. <laughs> Strap yourselves in, folks. So let's listen to I, this I one. just want to quickly say before I get into this, um, in terms of like using cannabis as as a means of like connecting with your real emotions and and Mm. really using it as like helping you to understand what's arising in your body physically and mentally and handling it I think that comes back to finding your spirituality and cannabis for me and for you as well is like a gateway Mm. to spirituality yeah and so going through that grief and going through and addressing all the grief uh, that you had and you hadn't addressed up to that point was like cannabis really helped you and aided you through that and guided you to a place of being spiritual so that you felt strong enough to face that. And yeah, yeah, perhaps if you did it sober, you wouldn't have connected to it on such a deep level. I know I feel that way about losing my dog, which was only five months ago, mm. um, and losing a lot of people in my life. Losing my grandma, my older sister and I were baked as shit at her funeral. <laughs> We had to be. And it was the most beautiful experience. We laughed and we cried and we just fucking felt things, you know. My speech at her funeral was incredible, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Because I was just coming from such an open place of like being raw with my emotions and just understanding what uh, how I was feeling at the time. And Mm. yeah, it's just um, I'm so grateful for cannabis being being like being that guide and that mm. best friend to hold your hand and walk you through mm. those really hard times. Yeah, and I find that it's the word that comes up for me when you say that and like pure. For me, mm. it's just like I become so pure. Like I'm able to see things as they are and I'm really pre-rehab I think that I definitely used it to cope let's say work and all these things to numb just yeah, to survive lock shit out. Yeah. Just, just to get through the day yeah. that's when you're living in such a place of yeah like for us PTSD where everything mm. just makes you panic oh yeah pull you one trigger 24 7 yeah yeah numb. and so after that since going back in doing two years worth of just sober hard work yeah it was a purge like I need to get a lot of words out of my system but also it was me being able to feel my emotions that I was using other vices Mm. to avoid so I could really drop the fuck in like you said and I can relate like I think that I can imagine having this vision of you at your grandma's funeral (laughs) doing that and yet you being the most pure one in the room yeah (laughs) because you have that connection with what is happening so deeply whereas everyone else might be like maybe am I am I safe to to wail and cry right now you know when when you're stoned or whatever you want to call it you're just like yeah. Just let it all out of me. Oh. How did you get it out? And that's exactly what happened. And oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so my first time being high. Oof. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Again, I was with my older sister, um, and we were in LA, and we went to the comedy store to see Ali Wong. Beautiful. <laughs> you know that comedian. She's got like a Netflix special or something. And anyways, we'll be watching. Yeah. Well, definitely. Get high and watch that together. <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> but I remember we – I was so stoned that my teeth hurt. Like, you know, you get so in touch with your body and everything that's going on. I could feel the roots of my teeth connecting to my gums. Like, I was so stoned. I think I think it was – I think we were smoking joints. We were just smoking them, like, on the street outside the comedy club. So, like, right before we went in. So I didn't have time to integrate or to like, you know, kind of check in with myself and see where I was at. It was just like 
fucking smash a joint or two and then walk into this show. And I remember there was a guy I was kind of seeing at the time. He was with us. And I remember trying to act normal to impress him because he wasn't smoking. <laughs> and it was just my older I'm sister normal. and I. Yeah. And I was just walking around like <laughs> my eyes. like. And so, I, yeah, I remember we were sitting down watching the show. I ordered chicken fingers <laughs> to the table. <laughs> and I remember looking up at her because it's quite an intimate space. Um, and this comedian's like on the stage in front of me. And I was like almost tripping it looked like she was inside of a giant fishbowl like the, everything had kind of a fisheye view to it like everything was kind of in a 0.5 iphone angle you know and i was looking up at her on stage and just imagining like she looked i don't know how to explain it without sounding fucking crazy but yeah like it looked like she was just this human inside this big fishbowl and we were all these other humans on the outside <laughs> watching her perform her little act and you know when you kind of come out of your body and you look around the room when you're high and you're just like oh, okay this is what's really happening here like yeah i understand so it was like that and i remember then coming back into myself and being like this is so funny like i'm i'm here but i'm not really here like i'm i'm the witness from like up here looking around at the room and just like observing myself being so stoned and then kind of giggling to myself and then just giggling in general because I'm watching a comedian and like kind of tuning in and out of what she's saying and it was such a fun experience. I just remember being like, I have truly never experienced anything like this before. Just so baked and I loved it. (laughs) It was so much fun. (laughs) That's a good place to go is to watch a comedian. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I'm so grateful for my older sister for really holding my hand through my first like major cannabis experiences. It's yeah. just so much fun. And I'll always now like that time in my life and like being in LA and just I'll always associate it with that like innocence and, and discovery and playfulness of, of learning about cannabis and what it, how it can alter your mind and just understanding what it means to be in an altered mind state. Like I've never been a big drinker at the moment. I don't drink at all. Um, I don't like what it does to me. I don't like how I feel out of control. But with weed, it's just like it's so much more internal than is external Mm. when, you know, you're drunk and you just don't really care and you get a bit reckless and a bit funny and like it's fun. But yeah, I like that cannabis is so much more. Yeah, I think drop into your thoughts. Do you think that's a personality thing? Because I feel like I mean, younger me was just like big advocate drinking all the time and like now I'm like I'll have a sip and I'll be like that is me done I just yeah I just can't even compare the two like there's just for me personally like I just get so much out of it connection wise like I feel like a lot of the big Australian culture is connecting through drinking yeah whereas like I can maybe it was going to America for me that made me understand and realize how much I connected through my drug of choice which would be cannabis and I find so much connection in that but through conversation with people and that uh, I both community connected me with the most incredible people like you you know it's really just introduced me to people who I can have these open and honest conversations with and expansive conversations and and like 
that's cool. That's okay. Yeah. You know, just talking about how much I fucking love weed. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And so when I just having this vision of when we first got got high together. Yeah. And we were going to one of Jonty's <laughs> events and we both brought joints and they Yeah, we tried each other's strengths. <laughs> they were exactly the same. We we rolled them exactly we the do. same. We and I was like joints. like a, like a little bit in. We're like, which one's which? Yeah. You literally could not tell. But even just that, uh, we did beautiful, a most amazing rising ascension. Oh my god, yeah. it was so beautiful that, that whole night. that breath work, everything. And then after we hung out and we got high together, and we were just like so connected. Mm. Like I was like stroking your hair, and mm. we were just like crying together and talking about the deepest. It's been open. Yeah, it was so open, and we've had that from the get go. And I have uh, personally, I think that cannabis is a big one to thank for that yeah, like for just sure. it's like again that gateway to connecting us on such a deep level so quickly i love you i love you too <laughs> i just want to uh go back to more of the nitty-gritty like so people say you know there's like sativa indica two mm-hmm. different you know types of weed that have two different effects yeah so it's always kind of been thought that um sativa is the type of weed and under sativa and indica there are many different strains but sativa is you know gives you a bit of a head high a buzz you feel creative you laugh you're you know happy and just buzzy and a bit silly and indica which people say like indica indica couch is the one that gives you a bit more of a body high you feel a bit heavy you want to eat and you just want to like potato out and watch movies and, and sleep and stuff like that but what people have realised recently, or I guess what scientists have proven, is that it all comes down to the terpene profile of the cannabis that you're smoking. So terpenes um, are essentially, like, you know, essential oils are just different terpene extracts of, of different plants. And so it's the thing that really responds to the endocannabinoid system in, in your body. Excuse me, the endocannabinoid system responds really strongly to different terpenes and different receptors once initiated um, or like switched on will do different things to your body and so you can kind of like connect the dots and match up okay well if I want to do some laundry today and just like be super productive and like clean my whole house and listen to some music um, I'm going to smoke this very specific strain that has specific terpene Mm. you know a terpene profile to it that's going to light up different reactors in my body that's going to give me that high that I want. And so what's so amazing about getting it pharmaceutically, although I'm really quite have such an aversion to the pharmaceutical industry, the reason I'm so for it with cannabis is because you can change the experience and the high to exactly what you need to serve you, you know, at that point in time. Given the strain. Yeah, given the strain. And so, um, so a terpene is something like, uh, what are the names? Like linalol is like a really popular one. Um, there are certain like you know when you, you know when you're just in nature and you can smell trees. And you're yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm in it. That particular terpene that the trees emit into the air is called pinene. You know, like the pineal gland, all of that stuff that comes along with it. And it so smelling nature and smelling trees lights up certain reactors within your body's system that then initiates certain things in your brain. Like there's this Mm. chemical called anandamide, which comes naturally in your brain. And it essentially, it's, I believe it's an amino acid, but that could, 
could be wrong with fatty acid maybe, um, but it it essentially like turns on your dopamine and serotonin receptors in your brain and, and allows you to, through a step of complex processes in your body, which we'll never understand, helps you to literally work through trauma, through forming new neural pathways in your brain, which, you know, causes new waves of thinking, new thought patterns, and literally erases your trauma. So when you go into a forest and you smell those trees, and do you, do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want, you're like, oh, I feel a little more peaceful now, like a little more mm. relaxed. That is your brain, your actual like physiological body changing as a response to what you're smelling because the terpenes that the trees are releasing like change your body. So when you have like mushrooms, for example, they give off other terpenes and initiate other things within your body. So then cannabis, the reason it's such a strong, powerful plant, which by the way was one of the first plants to exist on planet earth was cannabis it's one of the oldest plants that there is people debate over whether it originated in like israel or um the himalayas they're not really there's kind of evidence for both anyways it's hundreds of thousands of years old but cannabis has so many different terpenes in it and what they can do now through modern science is extract certain terpenes to change or dictate how your body's going to respond to it. And that's essentially what, like, CBD is just a, one tiny aspect from the plant. THC is another tiny aspect that lights up certain parts of your body. Yeah. There are so many different components of the plant now that we're learning about and discovering it literally more and more every year. Um, like, they've discovered nine different types of THC that come from the one plant, and each THC has a different effect on your body. Wow. And so they can extract those on a molecular level mm. and present it to you in an oil or, you know, grow that flower that only produces those certain terpenes that dictate a very certain height. Like, it's amazing. It's so incredible that it's all derived from this magical plant and it can change your mind and your ways of thinking in so many ways. It's just I'm in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is Incredible. So when we talk about the different strains, and you've been a big advocate for this, you really supported me. Yes, to, I showed you that website. Yeah, and you like, and just supported me when I asked you. I'm like, should I get this strain? And like, just yeah. your feedback and your knowledge around this is insane. But also, you have the right tools, and there's so many out there now. But so each strain for you, you've tried a few different strains. Yes, and have they least. affected you differently? And how can you tell? Oh God, I mean. I have at the moment. I have that um, this strain called Mariposa, which I think I put you onto. I think Bashiba. Yeah, Bashiba. Love that one. So at the moment, I'm only really smoking Australian grown brands, just because cool. I like it. I, I like saying that it's you know locally grown. I love that. So I really love. Um, there are two um, companies. One is called mm. ANTG, and one is called Canatrek. Um, based in yeah. literally in Brisbane, which is amazing. Besheba is by Canada. Yeah, so it's like mm, got some of them. Yeah, it's grown an hour away from me. Like, how how amazing! And incredible. then you know, like ethically and consci- consciously, that kind of makes me feel a bit better knowing, like you know, it wasn't flown on a plane over here, and so much gas was used and transport and yada yada yada. It's yeah, just we have to do what we Brisbane. do to keep our carbon footprint down these days, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> keep our guilt well, down. Well, at the start, like I was, I was smoking stuff that was imported from Canada because that's all that was available. But literally yeah. within the past eighteen months to two years, 
the industry in Australia has absolutely exploded. Yeah. And now, you know, it's being grown all over the country. Well, not all over. It's mainly like on the east and like northeast, like Queensland and then kind of down near Canberra, like where the climate is right. But, um, yeah, it just makes me feel better knowing that like I'm, I'm smoking homegrown, baby. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and it's just like so close to yeah. where we are. And like it, yeah. even like I wonder where, how much that is like climatized wise, like how we yeah, function I mean, as humans. Yeah, I mean, if you're like consuming something that exists or was grown and cultivated in a similar climate to how your body exists, like your body's only going to respond to that better. Whereas, mm. you know, I don't know how much of this is true, but for me a lot of it is about intention. And if I'm like smoking something that was grown in Canada and then however it has to be preserved in order, for, like frozen or, you know, whatever it is, in order for it to be flown over here and then for me to safely consume it, who knows what it's been sprayed with and how it's been treated and how that's going to affect your body yeah. whereas if you're consuming something that was grown an hour away from you it's, it's like fruit and veg right you don't want to eat something that was grown in in pakistan and then brought over here you want to eat berries that were grown in down in Mullumbimby. yeah like, through less hands less yeah. time to get to you 100 all of Couldn't that more. so i anyways <laughs> i i smoke mostly australian grown mm-hmm. um and i find that like i look i know a lot more than most GPs do because this is what I'm passionate about and yeah. I just fucking research it and I read the shit out of it and I just know my shit. Yeah. And so I have the cannabis queen. Cannabis kind of queen. <laughs> but I have that benefit in in that I can go to a doctor and say, hey, I, I know that I've got a big few weeks coming up. I've got to do ABC, which I know is going to bring about a bit of anxiety for me. And this is just really good for me because I'm super in touch with how I'm feeling. So I'm like, so I know that in order to sit with that anxiety and kind of work through it, I think I'm probably going to have trouble sleeping. So why don't for the next few weeks Mm. I smoke a strain that's going to make me sleepy? I won't smoke during the day because I know I've got a lot of shit to do um, and I don't necessarily want to feel like lethargic or high. I just need to really pump out my things during the day but I just want to sleep at night and can you let's find a strain that's going to make sure that I sleep like a rock and that's what I'll do and now and I'm happy to you know you can put this in the show notes or on the Instagram or whatever but there's there's so many websites like the one I shared with you where you can enter in it makes it so easy you don't have to know anything you just enter in how you want to feel and it'll tell you the strains that are good for that and furthermore it'll tell you the strains in Australia that you can get through your GP and like it's just, and then there'll be you know customer reviews <laughs> saying how it made them feel. Love the reviews. Yeah, so yeah. it's like window shopping and like before you even purchase it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's so incredible considering how far we've come in what the last five years. Like yeah. how many years would it have been since this has just taken off? Oh, it's within the last two years that it's really like skyrocketed, but it's been around a little bit longer than that. I don't know like the exact mm. date that it became, you know, legal, but um, it's been in my life for a few years. Um, I think the other thing is, I don't know if you want to talk about how, how long have <laughs> we been going yeah, for? What, <laughs> you're the queen. Tell me where we're at. <laughs> so I think that um, a lot of people don't really know how to approach it. Like how do you even this find is, a this doctor? Is ex- yeah, so for you, we were sitting in the car that night and you're yeah. like, Em, you got to – 
go pharmaceutical. Like yeah. it's going to be clean. I'm You're not sure driving I gave to you Nimbin. my doctor, right? Yeah, I've been to your doctor and yeah. you guided me again. You said you know more than GPs and you do. So throughout that whole process, I was in touch with you and you were guiding me through this. So please like share to the audience yeah. how they can receive what I got from you yes. because it was so powerful and it helped me go from driving to Nimbin and street cannabis yeah. to- Where you don't know what it's been sprayed with. I don't know what the fuck I'm getting. You're like, hey, what strain is this? They're like, I don't know, it's weed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> whatever I could you get. can't guarantee my experience what if I want to have a productive day and I smoke a bit and I'm just on the couch for the next six hours like what you have no control over it a hundred percent yeah so I think that that it's just yeah it, it made me take control and have so much power over something that I felt like I needed at the time yeah. and was then handing over my power to people yeah. in Nimbin bring some <laughs> dignity into it and some respect and yeah. some you know and some choice gratitude and like reverence for the plant itself like it, yeah. it deserves to be treated in such a way where you know what it is exactly that you're consuming and putting into your body Mm, yeah Um, so I guess for a lot of resources and help on like just go to my Instagram send me a message and I'm always so happy to chat to anyone on exactly how to go about it and there are countless other accounts that I've tagged all over my Instagram that give you know really thorough instructions on how to go about it but Essentially, there are a number of clinics across Australia where you can just organise like a telehealth or a Zoom appointment. Like you don't even have to go see the doctor. And it's becoming so accessible now that you can be prescribed cannabis for sleeplessness, headaches, you know, um, autoimmune diseases, inflammatory diseases like for me with my endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- when I was first prescribed cannabis a number of years ago when it was still starting out, I had it it was still at the point where you had to have an extensive difficult complex medical history and I did because of everything with my mental health and I had tried so many other pathways of healing um quite clinical pathways as well and so they were like okay she's someone that really could use this so you had to kind of prove yourself to your doctor like I am worthy of you prescribing me this thing that shouldn't really be prescribed Mm. whereas now you can literally just say I just want to try it and see if that's, you know, a viable so much way easier. of healing for me. Yeah. yeah. People, they've done the Zoom, they've yeah. gone through Zoom and they didn't have to see their doctors. Whereas yeah. like even when I went and got CBD a year beforehand, when I yeah. wasn't smoking THC, that was like an extensive, like, okay, sweet, you have tried all these other methods. Yeah, you have to be like fully vetted. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's intense and it's intimidating. Oh my gosh. Because yes. when you don't know anything about this plant and you're looking for help and they're like, well, how are you going to prove to us that you're worthy of it? Because this is pretty like crazy thing we're doing. Like you should be so lucky that we're giving you cannabis. It's yeah. like, no, everyone deserves access to this mm. plant. Just like everyone deserves access to all forms of medicine. And you just choose what works for you. So what you can do is literally just Google cannabis clinics in Australia. There are a number on Instagram that you can find as well. And what you'll do is you'll typically have a consult with your doctor um, where you go through some of the symptoms you've been experiencing and what it is you're looking to achieve by trying medicinal cannabis. Then the doctor will take you through some of the products that could be available for you. Like there are a lot of older people who struggle with, you know, arthritis and, and things like that who have like CBD and THC balms made up for them. Like people think that consuming weed is just smoking a joint mm. and that's it. Yeah, There are countless options, so many now. And so the doctor will hopefully have the knowledge 
and the connection with you to, to determine which product could be right for you. And they'll write you a script, which you will either take to a pharmacy and they'll tell you, you know, a list of local pharmacies to you that can prescribe, that can, excuse me, dispense the cannabis. Either that or you'll be posted the cannabis, like it'll be sent to your postal address. For me, when it comes to the script... Um, and this is just a kind of a more recent thing that was approved by the TGA. So cannabis is still listed as a category five drug. You know, there's like, I think like benzodiazepines are like a category four, something like that. Anyways, um, I have the category five script, which means, and I had to ask my doctor specifically for this. It essentially means that as so long as the strain that I am being dispensed uh, from the pharmacy that they're giving to me is within a certain window of THC. So you can, that's another thing, you can manipulate how much THC is actively in mm. the flower. So you can, you know, determine like how strong, how, how high, how strong it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so as long as mine, I believe my window is 19 to 26%, I can change the strain that I'm being prescribed at the pharmacist's discretion. So it's essentially like saying, the doctor says to you, okay, you need an antibiotic for this specific problem. You go to the chemist and talk to the chemist and they'll determine whether you want a home brand antibiotic or, you know, a big name antibiotic. You know yeah. how you can kind of yeah. choose how much, determine on how much you'd like to pay, how many, whether you want to do a, like five days or 30 days. As long as it's within that window of what the doctor has written on the script, you can kind of change the product that you're being dispensed. Yeah. Same goes with cannabis. You can change the strain that you're being prescribed, which you can choose from, you know, there are countless websites where you can go through and look at the products available to you or just ask your doctor to print out a list mm. or message me on Instagram. <laughs> message the cannabis question. <laughs> and you, you can change what the doctor... Without having to see the GP. Yeah. And yeah. so for mine, um, and this, this is reliant on your patient experience and your medical background. So for me, like because I have so much on my medical file... Um, I'm able to be prescribed 10 grams, which is quite a lot, every five days, and I can change that script anytime. So I have access to a lot of cannabis. So crazy, hey. When they first Insane. gave us that, I was like, um, oh, my God, if I start smoking this again, I'm going to be in rehab real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like, it's a powerful amount that they prescribe me. I, I know. But that's, I think, also why it's uh, so important to do this with a doctor yeah. because there's some accountability there. You know, if you are consuming too much, your pharmacy can see how often you are going and, and, and purchasing the cannabis. Yeah. So if the pharmacist is like, hey, like you got 10 grams five days ago, like that's a lot of weed. Like are you going through all of that? Like they will pull you up on it. Yeah. Which is, I think, really, really good and important. 100%. That's yeah. why we have pharmacies in the first place. Like yeah. obviously there's the pharmaceutical industry, which – people have their questions about but at the end of the day my brother's a pharmacist and one of the most powerful things he does is pull people up when the gp is over prescribed yeah and i'm like go go that's amazing yeah. that we have that level of accountability that's the in-between of the gp and the patient so good yeah for sure and i think that like 
yeah, this basically to summarize, if we finish with that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to summarize, definitely follow Lauren. I'll put it in the show notes. And you, you are always sharing new information that's coming out, and you just follow all the best accounts. And so, any information you need to find out from Lauren, just like I have received, I'm so grateful because my journey has gone from just having whatever that I could get my hands on and just not to knowing, get you through the night, hundred like, percent having yeah. no intention around it, have just really feeling lost around the drug and so for me to basically just have your help and your support to get what I know I can have and now I'm having Canatrek which is just up the road and I'm on a category five as well and just the support to go to the right GP who's an absolute legend but have someone holding my hand throughout the process and telling me that it's okay I understand that this is something that supports you and your lifestyle without judgment Mm -hmm. but also just constantly when I have ever have questions, no matter what it is, you're able to give me the answer or point me in the right direction. So follow Lauren, send her a message if this is something that you're interested in, if you need help with, or even if you have a friend. And for me, like at the moment, I really want to get my nana on it because yes. there's just so many people who can benefit from this drug and it's a medicine. And for me, it's been such healing benefits. And I've got a few questions here that we'll yeah, skim please. over and I'll summarize them if in but chime in if you want. Make a little cousins of asked like can you get addicted and I think that what we summarized was it's each to their own like for me I'm trying to go from a place where that was my vice and I Mm -hmm. relied on it heavily it helped me hit rock bottom and do the work that was underneath it was a secondary symptom to codependence and trauma and everything that was revolved there Mm -hmm. involved there but I think that it is one of those things where like you and I can't say whether an individual will get addicted or not based on their history on on like a molecular like chemical level it's not an addictive drug Mm. but you can be addicted to anything yeah it can be yeah. your number one vice that you are attached to. I yeah, find like it's, attachment. It's an attachment. Yeah. yeah, it could definitely be. But it's not like nicotine where your body experiences withdrawals. Sure, if you're smoking every day and then you stop, you're going to experience some really vivid dreams, maybe even nightmares, which you and I have both going through right now. Every yeah. night's hectic. And that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you can't you can't be addicted to it. It's more of a mental well, I suppose that's what addiction is anyways. It's a, a mental attachment. But uh, you can't like your body can't be physically addicted to it like if you stop benzodiazepines from you know if you suddenly stop those like I did you're going to go through an extreme purge you're going to be really weak and sick and that's not the case with cannabis yeah beautiful yeah. that was amazingly summarized because I think that that was something that I'm always trying to be like uh, is there an answer to this but yeah. I love that there is that difference between nicotine and a cannabis like yeah. that's a really important factor to remember the other question we have is what are the benefits and there's just oh, have God. you listened to <laughs> the last hour and whatnot like so many benefits for me just connecting me to spirit and to myself and to be a, being able to be that gateway to do the work I just don't know where I would be without cannabis on my healing journey. And I feel like that's the same with you. On a physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspect, it has been such a blessing. And yes, it has its disguises, (laughs) but it's (laughs) such a blessing. And what about you? Yeah, everything you said is perfect. Um, And I mean, I... I think it's about time I refresh my memory so I won't talk too much on it, but I know that it's scientifically proven to have so many benefits when it comes to everything I've said, like anti-inflammatory, you know, calming the mind, body, spirit. Um, 
and even on a spiritual level approaching something with such like making it such a ceremony and that in itself is so healing mm. um but yeah physically it it also holds a lot of real benefits that have been i mean read any study posted about it it's been proven time and time again yeah, yeah. and i think that that's a really important thing that i want to like touch on just to finish off it's for me, I think prior to meeting Jonti and yourself, um, I wasn't putting the intention in. Yeah. I was just doing it. And obviously I was on another level. Like I knew what I was going to do. I've always touched and had it with a purpose, but I wasn't naming it and sitting with it and honouring and respecting the cannabis yeah. and clearing it and cleansing it and I guess tuning it to my body prior mm. to having it. And since doing so, it has just give me so many more benefits like now the past times prior to trying to take this break I'll sit with cleanse it put my attention into it and sit meditate with it for at least 10 minutes prior to having it because it again slows me down to then get the added benefits of the meditation but also it's like you just are honoring this beautiful plant and I think that a big one I'll definitely say if you guys are anywhere near interested in listening more about I guess making it a ceremonial, beautiful intention of mm. a drug and using it in that way. It's I would listen to the Aubrey Marcus podcast and he interviews Ryan Sprague, I think his name is, and um, it's number 369 and it's called Cannabis as a Psychedelic Medicine. Mm. And I feel like we've both really been able to take advantage of those benefits by putting the intention in and making it into a ceremony and giving it that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was a big, listen to that. Cause that was one of the most powerful um, podcasts I've listened to. And he only smokes weekly and he makes his own weed. So it goes to show that like wow. he's really putting intention into it and other people do it and make it their weekly like church. They go there That's and they, they use it and then they integrate. So yeah, yeah I've learned a lot from listening to that podcast. And I'm definitely going to listen to it. Yeah, I'll pass it on to you. It's amazing. Um, another question is, can you overdose? Oh, that's a hard one because <laughs> weed and the same goes with psychedelics meets you exactly where you're at. And so if you're going to smoke it in a time where you're I find a lot of people's experiences with it is they're drunk and they're past a joint at a party mm-hmm. yeah, and they have a bit of a joint and they're green out and it's too much and they spend the night head in the toilet just trying to feel okay and stop the room from spinning, you know? Yeah. And, again, this is about meeting it from a place of intention and connection and um, you, you can have too much weed and feel a little weird. It will never kill you. It won't – it won't – I mean, maybe the damage from smoking for years and years on like the pressure that puts on your lungs, that's not going to be good for you. But you can never, no one has ever died from weed, ever. Mm. Maybe you can have a lot and, (laughs) I don't know, go driving and and get into an accident, but it's it's chemically, physiologically, it could never, all it does is open up your mind, you know. It's not making you not changing your body that much it's really just expanding your thoughts Mm. indirectly it can have some heavy consequences again if you said driving that was one of the reasons why i stopped smoking a few years ago i was like i cannot continue doing this but directly yeah you can feel sick but it's not going to kill you it's not yeah Yeah. and um yeah i guess there's many it's it's another person desires can you go do you have to go cold turkey and i think it's again it's 
both ways. Like at the moment I'm trying to go cold turkey, but I'm not really because I'm using CBD. So I'm yeah. still lining my system with well, the that's benefits. that's the beauty of the plant is that there are so many different parts of it as you can stop one component and continue with other ones to keep the benefits in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go cold turkey, I guess the main thing you'll experience from, from that sudden lack of THC is vivid dreams and often nightmares. Or I guess people who are more... Um, prone to getting nightmares like you and I because you know we have a lot of trauma (laughs) yeah (laughs) perfect (laughs) um yeah you'll you'll be presented with those um but again that's just stuff rising to the surface that you haven't dealt with you know presenting through your subconscious in your dreams so it's like you can go cold turkey um it may not necessarily be easy. i would expect withdrawals and side effects a naturally little. if you did it from anything you've been relying on yeah that absolutely. would be what i would say yeah and i think that that's pretty much what we summarize with many other things that we can ask but we're going to get you back on here because i've already yes. learned so much like so Great. so much i'm so grateful for our connection and you giving me the guidance that i've had i definitely wouldn't have such a beautiful relationship with cannabis if it wasn't for you and your oh. knowledge you're so knowledgeable so every Every single person who's listening to this, even if you don't personally want to get involved with cannabis, but just to learn about it, to break the stigma around it. So important. It's so, so important because normalizing it for a friend who may need it or a family member who may need it or someone who may just want to try it because they're struggling with depression, anxiety, any single thing, inflammation. I think that it is so important that we come to a place where we normalize this in society and we take away that stigma because uh, we both spoke about out on this podcast how much it's affected us just that stigma which equals shame which equals secrecy and then more consumption to so much more that no one yeah is keeping accountability of because we're keeping it from everyone so i think it's so important that we move towards our right direction and if there's anyone who's doing it sis it's the cannabis queen herself (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being so receptive you know to to what I know and thank you for allowing me on here to talk about it it's just the more opportunities I can have to spread the word and talk about it is just I'm so so grateful forever grateful oh. I'm so grateful for cannabis yes grateful for cannabis Yay. disclaimer not making anyone do anything they do not want to do not at all but listen to the benefits listen to the warning signs and be yes. there for a friend family member and let's just normalize this beautiful medicine yeah. so that more people can heal Thank you, sis. I love That's all you. it's about. Love, love you. you. Mwah. Mwah. If you made it this far, congratulations. You clearly learnt something, had a little giggle or somewhat enjoyed yourself. So do us a big juicy favour. Share this episode on your Instagram. Tag Sheila's and Shenanigans. Then pop on over to Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and an extra delightful review. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, big love to all my party people.